0: Everyone, and welcome to Let's Talk Torah. I am Rabbi Tweet Jacobson with NM Streamcast, and we'll spend our time talking Torah, learning stuff and having fun while we learn. You can always send your questions and comments to our mailbag at letstalktorah at gmail.com, and of course, I will answer as many as I can. It's summer, the masks are finally coming off. I, I want to say we're getting back to normal. I don't know if it's really normal yet. Camps are opening hopefully people have gotten vaccinated and uh, it's been a long haul that's for sure it's been a long haul and uh, hopefully you've come out of it healthier mind spirit physical emotional yeah hopefully we're all ready to move on schools will completely open up next year and uh, yeah that's what we got to we got to bring the kids back It's amazing. uh, So I'm teaching in the summer, and I have this great book. The, uh, The director of the camp got this book with great stories. You know I love stories. And I actually read a couple stories, and the book is really set up nicely because after you read the story, it tells you his takeaway at least. I, of course, the teacher reading the book can have my own takeaway, but he has a takeaway, and then he has what he calls practical applications, and the kids love it. First of all, they love stories. And it's, you know, a little bit uh, classroom participation in a story is a great thing. And if I have time, I have so many stories to tell today. If we have time, we will try to start getting to some of those stories. They are really, really very, very important. Okay. This week's Torah portion is a fascinating Torah portion. Is the Torah portion called Bullock. Let me just give you a quick overview so you know what I'm talking about. Um, in last week's Torah portion, uh, the Jewish people defeated Sihon. Let's assume this is in the Jordan area to the east of Israel, and it was almost like a northern and southern kingdom. So Sihon controlled the northern kingdom, but the southern kingdom was subservient to him, and that's where Moab, or Moab lived. So the Jewish people conquered Sihon, they are camped right outside of Moab. They have no intention of attacking them because we just wanted away into Israel and this Sihon guy wasn't going to let us in, so we had to defeat him in battle. Balak is the king of Moab. Now, he just became king because Moab was also subservient to Sihon. So he's, he's nervous and upset because he doesn't like the Jewish people. So they want to figure out how can we defeat the Jewish people? What can we do with them? So they send a the message they find out that their power is through their prayer. We talked about that last week, and they send a the message to the greatest curser in the world by the name of Bilam. He was an expert at cursing people. whether his curses had power or not power is a story for another time we've definitely discussed it in some of the older shows. They send messengers, God says first, don't go, then God says okay go and he and Bilam rides his donkey, and the, the donkey keeps going out of the way because there's an angel in the way, and and Bilam hits the donkey, and the donkey speaks to Bilam, and he says, Why are you hitting me? And uh, you think I don't take care of you? And uh, it's just an embarrassing thing for Bilam. Bilam shows up. Uh, Bullock brings sacrifices, and they, three times Bilam tries to curse the Jewish people, and God does not let. God puts the words in Bilam's mouth, and three times he blesses them. And at the end of the Torah portion, um, when Bulk, of course, is angry at Bilam that you didn't accomplish what I asked you for, so then Bilam gives me advice. God hates immorality. So if you can get uh, your Moavi or Mijani girls to sleep around with all these Jews, God will be upset. And uh, that will give you power. And sure enough, um, 24,000 Jewish people were killed. I believe most of them from the tribe of Shimon. That is in a nutshell, is this week's Torah portion. The question that is asked by many is, what is this Torah portion doing here? You know, the, and I, uh, the way I want to explain it is with the Sam Sofa, his, his way of going through this question. He says like this, throughout the Torah, every single event was basically witnessed by the Jewish people. Even the flood, right, with Noah, right? So it happens to be that uh, Noah and Jacob, it seems, saw each other. Certainly Abraham, certainly Isaac, but I believe even Jacob saw Noah. So so Jacob was able to get first hand um information about the flood. And then everything. The selling of Joseph and the Jews being slaves in Egypt and the and the ten plagues and the crossing of the Red Sea and the and the and the um, and the giving of the Torah at Mount Sinai. The Jewish people saw all the miracles in the desert. Every miracle: the manna, the well of water that traveled with them, the Bar Miriam. Every single miracle that takes place in the Torah, the Jewish people witnessed. That's why uh, it's not like you can write something down on the Torah and make it up, because there were millions of people who, would, if you tried to give them a Torah, and with made-up miracles, then they'd say, hello. (laughs) It's not true. We didn't get manna. We had to buy uh, hot dogs from a hot dog vendor. We never got manna, water, coke, delivered uh, Coca-Cola every day. What are you talking about? An ice? We do not have that, right? Must be, right? Anything that Moses wrote in the Torah was obviously verified by the millions of people that he handed the Torah to. Except this week's Torah portion. This week's story portion, the Jewish people don't even know what happened. They didn't know that Bullock was scared. They didn't know that Bullock hired Bill. We didn't have spies. You saw a few weeks ago when we had spies uh, what happened, right? They were not uh, certainly the ablest of spies as far as like sneaking around. So we don't know from Bullock. We don't know Bill wanted to curse us. We don't know that they made altars and brought sacrifices. We don't know that Balaam three times tried to curse us and God didn't let. And then even a fourth time, he said a different prophecy. We don't know the whole story. We know at the end that they they got us to sleep with those uh, Mijani girls. That part we know. That part we know because uh, it caused a plague and then we went and wiped out Mijan. We know that part of the story. We witnessed that part. But the cursing part or the... Attempt to curse the Jewish people, we missed the whole thing. So why is it here? It's the one thing that we can't even verify. So the Chassam Sofer says like this. It's true that everything in the Torah we need to bear witness to, otherwise people would say maybe the whole thing is made up. But by putting in this story, that the only way we know this story is because God told Moses, that's to teach us an important lesson. Yes, all the miracles that happened to the Jewish people you witnessed in the desert, all true, all fine and dandy. Yes, everything is completely correct. But if your belief system is dependent on witnessing, it's not going to work. You need to believe that everything God tells Moses is true. Whatever God says that's it. That's what he wants. That's the truth. So therefore, I, I, the Torah must put in a story that has that, that is not connected, that was not witnessed by the Jewish people, the Chassam Sofer says, to teach us this lesson, that you don't have to witness and see everything to believe it. Yeah, a lot of things you got to see, a lot of things you got to witness. But by putting in this story automatically, automatically, you're going to have to take it on faith, So that, the Sam Sofer says, becomes the lesson of this week's Torah portion. Um, the more famous answer, so I saw that answer this week, I like that answer. The more famous answer, of course, is really based on the Haggadah. We say in the Haggadah, we say the famous V'ishamda, right? That uh, the Torah always stood for us, and even though throughout the generations our enemies are trying to destroy us, but God always saves us. Every generation, yeah. Look, historically, you got the Nazis. You got other Hamil We we have certainly enough examples throughout the generations where the nations of the world were trying to destroy us. Okay, Iran nowadays, right? We we have stories all over the place of where the nations wanted to destroy the Jewish people. But the point of that song, of that statement, maybe it's I don't think it's a prayer. I think it's more of a song because we hold up the cup and we sing. So the, the, the point of that is to say, even when you don't know what's going on in the world, God is protecting you. You did not have to do anything to protect yourself. Like a lot of times, we rely on prayer. Ah, something's happening. Uh, we're in trouble. An army is coming. Someone's starting up with us. They make decrees. So what do we do? We run to synagogue. We, we, we run to the study hall, and we pray. But what if you don't know? So if you don't know that someone's making plans, how do I pray? So God says, I always take care of you. Sometimes I let you know what's going on. Then you got to pray. Sometimes I don't let you know what's going on. And in those situations, I take care of the whole thing. You have nothing to worry about. Uh, So many things I want to talk about. So little time. Hmm. Okay, just want to tell you, let's talk about Balaam for a few seconds, and then I want to get into something in the Torah portion. Who is this Bilam, by the way? Right? In the story, Bilam is a guy cursing the Jewish people. Who was he? He's been around. First of all, he's a grandson of Lavan. Lavan is Jacob's father-in-law. So already there's bad blood between Lavan's family and Jacob's family. That's already in the Torah. He wanted to kill Moses years ago. When And we've said over the story before, Moses, who is taken by Pharaoh's daughter, the princess, she found him floating in the river. So when Moses is three years old and he's sitting on uh, Grandpa Pharaoh's lap, so he takes Pharaoh's crown, either he throws it down, or he puts it on his own head, different versions. So Billaume is standing there, he says, Ooh, see, I told you not to let this kid live. This kid is going to take your crown away. So whether the Pharaoh is defending him or... Where angels came down to defend. That's where Moses. They bring out the two plates, one with jewelry and one with hot coals. Moses takes the hot coal and he burns his lips. So already Bilaam was starting up with Moses. It happens again. Sometime later, Bilaam has to flee the country. So Bilaam flees to Ethiopia and he tries to usurp or usurp the throne. So when Moses himself. Whether he was uh, 13 or 12 or 18, it's debatable on his age after he killed the Egyptian. So Moses runs away from Egypt and he also makes his way to Ethiopia. And he sides with the king and he foils Bilam's plot to, to take over the throne. So that's a second time that Moses and Bilam ran into each other. So Bilaam's been waiting for his revenge. So now Bilam has his opportunity to say, okay, you let me curse the Jewish people. There's Moses there. I can't wait. Now, it is fascinating. Bilaam has a, a strange personality. He wants to curse the Jewish people, but he believes in God. And God told him he's not allowed to curse the Jewish people. And Bilam tries to trick God, but like what gives? You have, you have some level of spirituality. You have a recognition of who God is. God talks to you. You're obviously not a regular fellow, but you're, you're, you're like a double personality. On one hand, you recognize God, which should mean you know that you can't do anything without him. And on the other hand, you think you can get away with whatever you want. Like, why are you not just serving God? You know, God has a Torah. You know, God wants you to keep his Torah. So you know all about that, but you're not interested. It's like, like what gives? It's like a very funny Kind of personality. So, as Simon Joval says, really, that personality is within all of us. We all know the truth. We all know what God wants. We all know God wants to study his Torah. We all know God wants to keep his mitzvos. But, so I know that, and I believe it, and trust me, I've spoken to lots of people who tell me this all the time. At the same time, but I want to live my life. I want to go golfing. I want to enjoy my lifestyle. I don't want to be tied down. I don't want to have to send my kids to your yeshiva. There's there's all kinds of stuff that we know what's right. Now, by the way, that's making fun of one group of people. I can make fun of myself in the same way. On my level of all the things I understand from what God wants, and still sometimes maybe I'm not as on the straight and narrow as God would like me to be. But that's what all of us have to do. We're all looking at the end goal, we're all looking for perfection. Uh, some of us are a little further along the path than others. But to think that we don't all do this on some level is actually fooling ourselves. So what to be done? What to be done is that's what the Torah is all about. When we accepted the Torah, accepting the Torah was the purifying medium. Love those words. It was the purifying medium to make sure that we knew where the path was And how to stay on that path instead of saying, I know really what God wants, but what does that have to do with me? It's almost like Aristotle. And he told his students, do as I teach, not as I act. In other words, as a brilliant philosopher that he was, he knew what was correct, but he wasn't interested in in doing what was correct. So that becomes very, very fascinating. Okay, so I do want to tell you a story. So the end of the Torah portion, um, what happens? The, the 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 gist of the story was that the Mijani ladies would set up these tents to sell their wares. The Jewish people already were getting close to the land of Israel so they could buy things and they'd come into the store and and uh, there'd be an old lady in the front of the tent and come in and, and you could have these wares, you could have those wares, you could buy this, you could buy that. And while you were... You're bargaining with them. They say, you know, I have better stuff in the back. The good stuff, this is really the cheap stuff. You want the good stuff? You need the good stuff. Go to the back. In the back, you have a gorgeous lady not wearing any clothes. And and like any man, it's a, it's a temptation to say the least. And she got you to serve her idol, which is a weird kind of service. You went to the bathroom on the idol. And she got you to sleep with her. And that's what the Medjani plan was because they knew, not because they were looking to be able to... To blackmail you. They didn't need no blackmail. What they were looking for was that they knew that God hated. This It's a very interesting kind of thought process. I need God to hate you. So I'm going to do something to make God hate you. W- well, what does that make me? Like, what's God going to think about me? But that they clearly did not care about too much. And they're all going to get killed later for it. So it's an interesting thought process. We need to get God angry at you. And now God's going to be happy with me. Or I'm still ignoring God. So it's all really part and parcel of the same. And uh, therefore, there's a plague. 24,000 were killed. Um, even one of the heads of the tribe got involved. And he has to be killed by Pinchas. And that's really next week's story portion. But this does give us some insight and an opportunity to talk about intermarriage. God wants the Jewish people to stay Jewish. Well, hey. That sounds like my friend Buzz. I wonder where that came from. In any case, maybe one day Buzz will come and visit me. But where was I? So this, there's a concept, a very important concept that the Jewish people does not want intermarriage. We want Jews to marry Jews to keep their children Jewish. Part of being Jewish really goes matrilineal. I know some people want to make it even patrilineal, but it doesn't work. Has to be matrilineal to be Jewish, or a person could convert. That's also possible. So here's just an interesting story about people who think they're in control. So um, the story was told by the Boston Ereba. Way back when, I think in the 80s, there was a Republican by the name of George Feingold, and he was running for governor, and now I forget, I don't think it was Massachusetts, I think it was Connecticut, might have been Boston, Um, one of those areas in New England. And this George Feingold was a real powerful political person, very, very powerful, And it seems like he would have become governor. Like, there was nothing that was going to hold him back. He was a very, very powerful politician. You look him up, up, George Feingold. Anyways, he did not become governor. Not for lack of trying. But he had a massive heart attack, I guess, during the campaign. And he actually died at the age of 43. Now, George Feingold was Jewish. Feingold, it's a Jewish name. So he was Jewish, but his wife... Was Christian okay after he dies and the family starts to get together so his wife says I want and she was from a very powerful political family also she says I want my husband buried in our family plot the family plot was in a Christian cemetery and again those who know some rules we've talked about in the past that Jewish people very very much want to be buried in a Jewish cemetery it's very very important to them to be buried in a Jewish cemetery George's mother, who, according to the story, she may have been, she certainly prayed in synagogue. She may have even been Orthodox. I can't say 100%. Um, she said, Come on, my son's Jewish. He has to be buried in a Jewish cemetery. And this fight became vicious and it went to court. And it seems in, again, I don't remember if it was Connecticut or Massachusetts. I'm starting to lean towards Massachusetts. I forgot to write down one of my papers here will have it, but we don't have time to go look for that information. So um, the judge said that in that state, the law followed the wife. In other words, the family can fight as much as they wanted, but wherever the spouse didn't have the wife, in this case it was wife, but wherever the spouse wanted the other spouse to be buried, they had control of the burial situation. So therefore she won. So he was buried in a Christian cemetery. And the Jewish part of the family, of course, was quite upset. Now, this is not one of those stories where there's a happy ending, where um, she gives in or somebody pays somebody off. It's not one of those stories. He was buried there. But the a Rebbe, when he would tell over this story, he says, look at what happened over here. This George Feingold was a powerful politician. He got whatever he wanted. He did whatever he wanted. Everybody kowtowed him. He was a very important political figure. He was used to living his life like politicians, um, getting what they wanted. That is what politicians do. I mean, I'm sure other people also do that. But as a politician, that's what you do. You get what you want. You you demand from people. You command people. You move up the chain, and you get to do what you want. Or if you're a power broker, you probably also get the same same thing. So alive, this George Feingold got whatever he wanted. So the Boston Rebbe said, but look what happened. He's dead. He is lying here in a casket. He is listening to everybody fight over him. And he has zero power. He has no choices to be made. It doesn't matter that maybe he really, really wanted to be buried in a Jewish cemetery. For all we know, he left instructions with somebody. It is completely irrelevant what he wants. He has no power. So even if at some point in his life he may have known that it's a good thing to be buried in a Jewish cemetery, but it didn't happen to him. You know why it didn't happen to him? Because he made a choice. And we need to remember that choices are powerful. When a person makes a choice, sometimes I think, okay, I'm making a choice today, and 10 years from now I'll make another choice. He made a choice of intermarriage. It's a choice. No one told me he had to do it. Right? He made a choice to get intermarried. Did he know where that choice would lead him? Maybe he thought, when I'm 85 years old, um, I'll uh, do whatever I want with my wife and I'll get buried in a Jewish cemetery. Maybe he thought that way. But it doesn't really matter what he thought. right? What matters to us is, what was the choice that he made? And the choice he made led to being buried in that Christian cemetery. His mother obviously was quite upset about it, and he can't do anything to placate her because that's what happens when we make choices, right? So again, we all imagine we're in control. Balaam, um, in our story, imagines he, he was in control. We all, wherever we are in life, wherever we're always imagining that we are in control, you're in control to make choices, that's what you're in control of. You can make a choice. But once you make that choice, now it may be out of your hands what's going to happen later. Sometimes those choices can be corrected. Sometimes those choices cannot be corrected. And in George Feingold's case, the person who thought he had it all ended up having nothing. So um, I actually, I think I have a minute left, I think. They didn't wave, but I think so. So, I tell you, I've been telling you all these fascinating stories. I've been reading these stories in class. And this is a good time of the year to get into it. We talked about in the last show how uh, these are the three weeks and what I'm trying to accomplish during this time period. And even though it's a sad time period, but it's my job to use... Oh, and there he is going, my music. I guess I didn't have time. I will have to save this story for next week. So... As always, the music is playing. I hope you enjoyed it short and sweet. Thank you, wonderful sponsor listeners, you know I can't do it without you. Thank you to Wonder Production team. We have David and Kelsey in the back. I have less than food for thought. Until next time, I am Rabbi H. Sweet Jacobson. You've been listening to Let's Talk Toro on NM Streamcast. Until next time, don't forget to think about it.